0: This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hey, 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 everybody. Thanks so much for joining in today to the Uncommon Christian Podcast. I am Michael Hinton. Welcome to episode 27. We are concluding today our conversation series that we started the new year off called Lessons Learned. Where we are looking back on 2020 at some of the lessons that we have learned and that we can take into 2021. And today, I'm really excited, guys, for you to hear this episode because a good friend of mine, one of the best pastors I know in the entire world, who has become a mentor and a dear friend, uh, joins the episode today. His name is John Bell. And John Bell. Thanks for joining today.
1: Hey, man. It's good to be on here. I'm a huge fan of you and this podcast. And um, thanks for just letting me be on here, man.
0: Yeah, of course, dude. Uh, I was I was trying to think of a more clever entra- entrance to that, but it didn't work out. But uh, what you have to know about John Bell is that uh, we met sometime back in, I was trying to figure this out the other day. Uh, I think it was either t- t- 2006. Seven to 2008, I think in that range. When did you start at Owensboro Christian?
1: Yeah, man. Gosh, it f- feels like a long time ago. So I think it was around 2009. We had a, a mutual friend and we that's were right. by the Baptistry. Tree. Baptist tree. at our old church, stopping ground. And he's like, hey, man, I hear you in the news. You pastor. I'm like, yeah, excited. Right. He goes, man, I got, a, I got a guy just for you that's going to be great with students and can teach. I'm like, send him my way. <laughs> Let's do this.
0: That's right. Middle school ministry. I started I started by helping you play the drums for worship in small group. And uh that turned into a man, a long-term friendship and uh love getting to serve with you uh through ministry and and getting getting to see you get married to your beautiful bride Melissa. That's true, man. Yeah,
1: man. I remember those those days drums and all the camp and and we quickly found out that you had a gift in teaching. And then, um, yes, when Michael says "see me get married," what he really means is finally get married because this guy was, <laughs> this guy was like, "Man, you you have to get married. Marriage is a gift. It's a it's something that you should do." You know, and I'm like, "I know, man." You know, but yeah. God had the right person for me, and uh, right. and I'm just so blessed to have Melissa. So
0: that's right, that's right. It was all in His timing. And- all in his time well j b why don't you kick us off a little bit? Tell us about uh who you are what do you do and why you do it
1: yeah man well um who i am man that's a that's a great question i'm a first a child of god man like it's just being adopted in god's family um, and then uh, i am I've been a pastor for eleven years, and my wife and I Melissa, we were married in two thousand and sixteen and we are at a church in Chicagoland called Harvest Bible Chapel, and I serve as the campus pastor here at the Aurora campus. So we've been here just over three and a half years, and we love it
0: here, man. Yeah, that's awesome. JB is the epitome of loyalty and perseverance. That I served as the uh, middle school pastor, then high school pastor, and then I think overall, student pastor at Owensboro Christian for many years. So many students has such a tremendous legacy that you left in Owensboro. So many kids are impacted. It's crazy now, right? That we're starting to see that first group of kids we started working with in middle school are graduating college. A couple of them are getting into ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of them are married or about to get married now. And it just, I think the biggest thing is that it makes me feel so old.
1: No, for sure, man. Like you're right, man. I, I think of the passage and, uh, uh, excuse me for this second or you know, second or third genre it says there's no greater joy than to see your children walking in the mm-hmm. truth. And mm-hmm. yeah, we were just back in Owensboro to officiate a wedding of two former students. And, uh, it's number 47 and 48 student that are now marrying each other. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, 10 years, man, it's flown by. And, um, I would say I, uh, you know, it's, It was such a blessing to care and to minister to those students. But I think what really impacted them were people like you, Michael, and other small group leaders who consistently showed up and um, sacrificed and stewarded their time well to see this next generation behold the gospel. So, yeah, it was just just fun times, man. Like those were good days.
0: So good days, late nights. How many times did we change the youth room around? <laughs> oh gosh, man.
1: Oh gosh. We kept it fresh, that's for we sure. We kept it
0: fresh, that's so true. And 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 the best thing about being able to look back, you know, on that on those times and, you know, meager budgets and late night conversations, dealing with, you know, parents trying to help them help their kids grow in Christ, trying to help kids grow in Christ and fight through all the teenage drama and stuff was that you get to look back and you get to see some of the things that you did, that you learned from it, some of the maybe uh, missteps we made along the way and, and said, okay, you know, we'll be better the next time, right? Uh, I think that's the beauty about being able to look back and, and, you know, hindsight, right? And so that's why I wanted to do a series to start this year off called Lessons Learned, uh, where we look back on some of the lessons that we learned from 2020 and how they can help us. In the 2021. So, uh, but before we jump into that, why don't you tell the podcast a little bit about what was 2020 like for you? What was one thing you took away from last year?
1: Yeah, well, you know, obviously 2020, no one foresaw um, (laughs) the the impact of the virus. um, You know, not just our churches, but even our families. Like, you know, um, it disrupted a, a lot of things, but especially the the rhythms we had. You know, that we'd come to know and to um, even love and depend on. And so I would say, man, 2019 was, um, was a tough year for our church. Um, and then 2020, we were going into it and we're like, okay, we feel like we've turned a little bit of a corner and then the virus happened. And so I think what's tough, like if there's any pastors or, or, you know, church leaders on this podcast, you'll be able to relate to this for sure is that not only is it, our church is a place that we're employed at that. We're, you know, there 40 to 50, sometimes 60 hours a week, but this is our church family too, right? Like Sunday morning, these people we love, we gather, we fellowship, we have communion with. And so to see that just um, drop in March and April was tough. And so um, it was really hard. So on the, the lessons that, that um, one of the biggest lessons I learned for sure is, um, is that the church is going to be fine. Like that's what God just told me. He's like, you know, like you told Peter, like upon this rock, you know, the gates of hell, will, I'll build my church and um, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And so God is faithful. God is, um, is good. And he won't let the church fail. And, um, it's weathered thousands of years of trials and sufferings. And, but the bride of Christ will continue to stand strong because God is strong. Right. Because God is faithful. And I think on a personal level, um, because of what we've gone through as a church really for the last two and a half years, um, it's really taken a toll on, on our our marriage with Melissa and I, we weren't in crisis, but I was, you know, just in meetings and, um, you know, suffered from a little bit of depression. And so obviously that trickles into our marriage. And so, um, but 2020 in the midst of it was almost a year where or a period of time where Melissa and I were home more because we were isolated. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we got to have some restored time together. And um, so that was great. You know, yeah. let's think about this, Michael. The real winners of the virus in 2020 are our pets, like our dog. <laughs> <laughs> Love that we were home. So yeah. I feel like our dog and myself, we were just like, man, we get to be home with, with Melissa. And so, but.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Our dog did not feel like a winner. He loved his private time. <laughs> he was he was about to evict us from our house, man. He was so done with the kids. Uh, but I, I really love, I, I love what you talked about, you know, and that the fact that going through, you know, for you guys, you know, for you specifically, Melissa, and for your church, your community, it wasn't twenty twenty that was the 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 wrecker of things you guys you know had some um inner turmoil you know starting in 2019 i remember standing in the middle of Marshall's having a long conversation with you about some of the things that you guys your church was going through with the changing of leadership and just some of the the outside things that were coming in and causing division and all those things that were happening um and 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 the stuff on the inside and then 2020 was just a a perpetuator of of more chaos, more things you had to walk through. And what's interesting is, and I don't know if you found yourself asking this a lot, but in the midst of that, did you ever think to yourself, okay, what does love require of me during this season, right? my 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 lead pastor is gone a lot of the administration is gone there's turmoil and, and arguments and all this going with the board and 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 people in the church and there's people asking questions and bad articles being written written about us oh also now i'm stuck at home and um i have to really love my wife well and my dog well and i have to try to lead my team and and i'm also personally going through this so okay but jump outside of yourself for a second and, and, and be, and think, okay, so what does love require of me? What does love require my, my, my church? Like when you hear that question, what does that mean for you? Oh man, just, uh,
1: as you say, all those things, I just, all the, you know, like all the emotion and just, uh, just like, you know, I can see, yeah, exactly where I was in some of those times where I just felt like, man, I just want to throw the towel in, you know, and just quit. And, but, um, when I think about that phrase, When you sent that question to me, what does love require of me? Um, I honestly thought about the verse that saved me, Michael, Romans 5, 8, which says God demonstrates his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so Mm. I honestly just think back to the gospel, like the gospel not only saves us, but it sustains us that Mm. that our salvation required the greatest act of love, right? And that's God sending Jesus. So at Harvest, we say the gospel, you can say it in four words, Jesus in my place. And so our sin required um, the greatest act of love that's ever seen on the face of this earth, which is, you know, God sending Jesus. And so that, which has brought us to the family of God. And so this love that this love now requires me to share to all people. It requires me to have the mind of Christ. It requires me to love people. Um, I think about first Corinthians, um, the great love chapter. I think it's, said at a lot of weddings, but that, but that passage, those verses, um, contextually really are to a people that were struggling to love one another. So it's not just, you know, there be read right at weddings, but it, man, it's like an anthem and a, something we should memorize to and how we interact with, with each other in our community. And so, <clears throat> yeah, love requires us to first have the mind of Christ. Yeah. And, and then that, Cause he's a source of love. Right. And then it flows out from us and into our churches, into our communities, um, in our family. Cause that, that love has the power to change. And I think first John four, eight says it best. Anyone who does not love anyone that does not love does not know God because God is love. So it's like our love for God is demonstrated and authenticated by our love for others. Right. So, mm. um, that's I what, love that. Yeah.
0: I love that love has the power, and it authenticates our love for others. Like I, I think about that often, as you know, we were making decisions not only as a church and as a leadership, but also like in our homes. Like right, right. like you as a husband, me as a husband, uh, me as a father as well, as trying to think through. Okay, so what is the best thing that I can do for my? Church. What is the best thing I can do for my wife? What is the best thing I can do for my kids? And oftentimes, right, love required us to think of ourselves less in those moments, right? It's not that we think less of ourselves, it's that we thought of ourselves less. And like, I think of like Andy Stanley, who's the senior pastor and founder at North Point Community Church. You know, uh, he said it it was this question, what love requires of us, that led to the decision for them to, you know, go strictly online for the rest of 2020. And many critics and pundits came out and said that's the wrong decision. He's bound to the government, things like that. But in his mind, what he believed was that, no, love required that we sacrifice, you know, the, the allure of coming to one of our campuses, one of our churches, so that people could stay safe. Right. And many people outside the community felt like it was a move that they can't make. Why do you think? And so I use that example to ask you, like, why do you think that's such a hard question of us to ask ourselves? What does love require?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. And um, I, I think it's because biblical love is demonstrated by Christ and it's, it's an unselfish, like you said, it's unselfish. Like it, it seeks others good. It's, it's patient. It forgives. It, It considers other people like it's a it's a caring love. And it's hard because um whether you ask yourself personally or like Andy Stanley's church, who had to ask themselves as a as a huge organization, multi-site church, um, it makes you look introspective. And sometimes the answer that is right is not the answer that you want to do. Like I'm sure Andy Stanley and his team didn't want to, you know, close down their church through 20, you know, 2020. But in their minds, um, as they prayed, as they sought the Lord. It was the right decision they need to make, and so, yeah. Sometimes what love requires of us is hard, but we 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 know that Jesus um, did the ultimate act of love and demonstrated by His sacrifice. Absolutely. And so He's our He's our brother. He's our example, and we can make that right decision to love whatever God's calling us to do because Christ did it, you know, yeah, for us.
0: Well, I think it's like, JB, I think it's like the the old saying, right? Sometimes the hardest thing is the right thing, and sometimes the right thing is the hardest thing to do. And I believe that question often puts us at the hardest things, right? You know, there are many times in my life where I've said, okay, what does love require of me? Whew, love's going to require me to make this sacrifice for my family that I don't want to because I want to be selfish. I want to make this about me, and this is the easier road right? Uh, Sometimes uh, what love requires me is I have to sit down and have a very poignant and difficult conversation with somebody on my team. And it's not loving if I just let it go. It's not loving if I just be passive aggressive, right? It's loving that I actually have a gracious but honest conversation with them, right? It's, you know, sometimes what love requires of me is to call out a family member in, in the kindest and gracious way. How about this? Sometimes what love requires of me is to be absolutely honest with my own self awareness about what I do and how I live. And when somebody calls it out, me, what love requires is to listen and be open to that critique and criticism. Right.
1: Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. There's dropping bombs everywhere, bro. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, love is not a, uh, is, does it tolerate, you know, Mm-hmm. like what you're saying like bad behavior or a sinful pattern but it is loving and gracious and kind to go to someone with, you know someone you manage or a family member or a friend and say hey man like I'm coming to you cuz I love you and I want to see you thrive and I want to see you succeed and what you're doing now is i see it detrimental to you know your job or your health or your family so man i'm here yeah. for you i'm committed to you yeah.
0: i remember I, I i don't know if you remember this i remember there was a season Where my faith and just some of the things I was going through in life were were difficult. And we were super good friends. And I remember you had the difficult task of coming to me and saying, hey, I think you should take a step back for a little bit. Think there there there's some things in your life right now that don't don't that I know don't add up to who you are as a person and as a leader. And I know that conversation was super hard. And I remember being so angry at you. Like, how dare you? You're my best friend. How dare you do that? But I look back on those times often when I think back to that. And I think, man, I'm so glad that he loved me more than he loved his own self-preservation of our friendship, right? He loved me enough to, to say the hard things. I tell people all the time, one of the things you need in life is you need people who love you too much to lie to you but also love you too much to see you fail. And I think that's a huge indicator of the question of what does love require, right? That it, it it says, do I love someone enough that I can be honest with them? But also do I love someone enough that I am willing to go to bat for them so that they don't fail. Right. right. Um, and I think that's a huge thing that I've taken from 2019 into 2020 is I have to ask myself, we have to ask ourselves that question more than we ever have before is what does love require of me today? What sacrifices do I need to make in order to help someone find and follow Jesus? That's what we say here in real life is to find and follow Jesus. Or what what does love require of me to love and lead my family very well in this season? Yeah, no,
1: that's so good. Yeah, it's so good, man. Like it's a good, it's a great question to ask ourselves um, daily. You know, when we wake up, what does love require of us? How can I um, decrease, and how can Christ increase? And um, anything that uh, causes us to um, die to ourselves and to live for Christ, I think, is a, a well worth worthy yeah. question.
0: Yes, sir. Him. All right, dude. Well, bring us home, JB. Give us a couple of things you would encourage us as we ask ourselves that question in relation to our family, our friends, our coworker and the people in life. What are a couple of things that we can do around that question to really help us love those in our worlds better?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the main thing um, in all this is this is what I tell my staff is that I care about your walk with Christ, that you're connected, that you're abiding in him. Then I care about you being an employee at our church. Like I care about your faith, your walk with Christ and your, you know, your family. And then I care about you as an employee, because I know if your relationship with Christ is going well, then those other things are going to fall into place. We, we, you know, we hire people here based on, you know, competency and, 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 but also character right like character mm-hmm. is a very important thing, and um, we can figure out the ins and outs of the job but you got to be connected to Christ because there's going to be things of you know when we have to love people where it could be easier or harder but if you're connected to Christ you can always have the peace of that decision right because right. you're doing it unto him um, yeah my mentor um, back in Kentucky Brad, man he he told me this um, he gets that I'm a pastor and He said, he just encourages me to to love the people right in front of me, Mm. to give them your undivided attention so they feel so loved and cared for. And make it your goal to, when they leave, that they feel so filled up by the word of Christ and they feel so nourished by you, John. Like he tells me that every time we talk, I'm like, oh, it's so good because there's so many people that want our attention, right? And so just to make that person feel like a million bucks, to make them feel so encouraged in Christ. And then, uh yeah, I think first Thessalonians five says it just to, in this section is pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances and um, and seek the Lord, seek his wisdom, know he's sovereign over all things and man if you're if you're at a place where you're trusting and depending on God like that, um, the peace of Christ and um, the hope that we possess and the joy that God has given us, man we're going be we're going be okay, we're going to endure, we're going to persevere Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I love that idea about loving the people right in front of you. That question requires you, who's right in front of you? Who, who's Whose world's being impacted? And whose world can you step in to really bring uh, the light and love of Christ? Man, that's so powerful. Well, JB, thanks so much for joining us today, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. It's good to catch up and to see you.
0: Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. And if this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And what this will do is help this show reach more people. And you guys know what I say. This is what it's all about. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.